Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the SD Farrell Show. I'm Justin Thind. Michigan State has hired a new head coach as Oregon State's Jonathan Smith is headed to East Lansing here. Obviously, something that we all kind of knew was going to happen here as the last few days uh, were going to um, unfold. It was not a done deal until yesterday, just before kickoff of the Michigan State-Penn State game. Gonna just kind of run through everything that I knew, when I knew it, um, and kind of just as the events unfolded. I think right away, you want to just start with how good of a hire is it. In that regard, I would say Jonathan Smith pretty much checks every single box you could possibly want, except regional familiarity. And when that is the only box that the coach isn't checking, then um, I think you've got a pretty good candidate. I think especially with where the college football coaching ranks are these days, there's not that many surefire guys that you know you can turn to and they'd be home run hires even if you had unlimited resources and you didn't have to be realistic. Um, Let's look at the rumors today with Ryan Day, um, Texas A&M. Bruce Feldman reported that they're going to target him and they think they can get him if uh, Ohio State loses. I don't know how early or how reliable that intel is, but Bruce is rarely ever wrong. If Ryan Day is your number one solution and, and your home run hire, and the guy's 0-3 against Michigan with CJ Stroud and um, Marvin Harrison, I don't know if he ever wins a national title. I know he came close, but um, other than that, you're looking at maybe a Dan Lanning who we'll see. We'll see if he can get to the playoff at Oregon. Um you're looking at, I guess, a Kalen DeBoer who has not really done anything outside of Michael Penix or Jay Kaner, both quarterbacks that he inherited. Even at Indiana, he didn't recruit Penix. Nick Sheridan did. Um, Ryan Grubb has been attached at his hip since 2007 at Sioux Falls. That wide receiver room they have right now in Washington inherited that from Junior Adams. Great coach, I, I would say, but there's just nobody that doesn't have cons um, if you're making a list of pros and cons. Um, and those are kind of like the best pipe dream candidates. I guess Lane Lane Kiffin would be in there. But if that's kind of the pool you're picking from is those are the best that you can do, even if you take away realistic candidates, then you're not really left with a very strong current era of college football home run hires. And I think um, if you look beyond that tier, I think Jonathan Smith is as good of a coach as you could hire. What he did at Oregon State is unbelievable. He took them to being a 10-win program last year, won Pac-12 Coach of the Year, um, nine wins this year, or sorry, eight wins this year, um, but the first three losses were a combined eight points. Not a good loss to Washington State, but then a few-point loss to USC, a two-point loss to Washington um, until last night's Civil War, but obviously he was distracted. Um, he, he was coming to Michigan State. Uh, so at the end of the day, like, this is a guy that he is responsible for two of their three 10-win seasons in program history. The first one as a quarterback playing for um, the 2000 team with Chad Johnson at receiver, TJ Hushmanzad at receiver, um, future Bengal wide receivers they would go on from there. And um, now the other one last year. There was a third year where they played 14 games because when you play a game against a game at Hawaii, I think you got a 14th game you can add to the regular se- or an additional game that you can add to the regular season. And then with the bowl game, it's 14. So yeah, that was another 10 win season that he didn't have anything to do with, but those are the three 10 win seasons in program history. And he basically is Oregon state football from that regard. If you look at it in terms of those numbers, they got him to leave his alma mater. 
it's um it was harder than than it sounds like it's not just about the pac-12 is crumbling so why wouldn't you want to come here and, and chase championships and more money he didn't have to think about michigan state versus oregon state he had to think about the timing of michigan state now or a different job next year um essentially what it came down to is that oregon state next year is going to have anywhere from four to six power five opponents they are going to or they were going to probably be able to put together an assistant coaching pool that could have kept some of his key assistants together coaches that that i have mentioned um in in an article i wrote today and he was probably going to win nine or ten games again because he was going to retain most of his offense his best player on defense assuming that they didn't get come that that they didn't get poached um due to the lack of nil they have there but he probably was just going to have another great season next year. It was going to be against good strength of schedule. And he probably could have had whatever job he wanted again next year. So he was never going to be life right Oregon state, but it also wasn't just, Oh, either it's Michigan state or Oregon state and the Pac-12 is crumbling. Therefore it should be an open and shut case, even though it's his alma mater. It, it really wasn't that easy. Um, so great job by Alan Haller and the search committee. Um, turnkey ZRG, Chad Chatlos. That was the, um, search firm the consulting firm that haller used this time around chatlos has a good relationship with um the agent clint dowdle um the agent that jonathan smith has he has been smith's agent since uh since dowdle left caa where he was jimmy sexton's right hand man uh smith came with dowdle to uh, wme and um chatlos had been responsible for a lot of turnkey searches and venture partner searches where he was originally working at that um that saw that saw that saw Sexton clients get hired um, as a result of his search firm's efforts, and with Chatlos or sorry Dowdle being the right hand man for Sexton, they've crossed paths a ton. So yeah, just good dynamics there, just people working together that have good relationships. That's kind of why you saw that there weren't any real leaks here until pretty much like the last twenty four hours or so, even less, maybe like the last sixteen hours or so. I know two or three days ago there was some buzz, but that was mostly just because of Smith's comments to Portland Radio. Um, that was kind of just the buzz and where that was culminating from. I, at the end of the day, you don't really care if there's leaks at the very, very end, just because that's not where you need the secrecy. Where you need the secrecy is a week ago or two weeks ago where you're interviewing candidates. You don't want people to be pulling out just because they're hearing that someone else is the front runner and they don't want to waste their time or risk rumors that they're interviewing elsewhere. You want to be able to do your due diligence in an interview stage in a way where there is complete confidentiality so that all of the candidates that you would want to bring in to interview are willing to interview and give a good effort. And at the very end, um, when you've already made the offer to a Jonathan Smith, if there's leaks and stuff after that, it doesn't really give him any more leverage. Once you've made the offer, he, the guy knows that he's the top candidate and that gives him all the leverage that he that he, that he needs. Uh, but they were able to put it together quickly. Um, I guess, sorry for the stuffy nose. Uh, I've been having some um, some post-azal drip and some cough that stems from that. Usually it's about a couple weeks sort of thing, but it's been going on for over a month now, but battling through it. Um, Jordan flu game, some are saying. Not me, but uh, yeah. So I think basically in terms of a timeline, Michigan State had identified Smith as their top guy. Uh, at least Tuesday night. That's when I was told about it from from a source that I that I trust for sure. Um, 
I don't know if they they might have identified him Tuesday morning, Monday night, but I believe the Tuesday night was the first time that I was told about it. Then the next stage was that an offer was either going to be given to Smith verbally Wednesday at the Wednesday at the earliest. Uh, nothing nothing was offered to him on Tuesday, I believe. And then Thursday morning was when um, they were hoping for some counter negotiations. I don't know if those took place or not. Everything moved very quickly. Thursday night, there wasn't going to be a lot of negotiations with Thanksgiving and whatnot. But um, then Friday, showing up to Ford Field, I was already starting to to hear some buzz on the way there, kind of that, oh, it's, it's looking pretty good. Um, should be a done deal soon. But it was not a done deal yet. Um, I show up to Ford Field, um, see Stephen Brooks, uh, my colleague at Spartan Tailgate. He kind of says that he just got off the phone. He heard that it, it is looking very, very good. I went down to the field, walked around the sideline, talked to a lot of people that would know. All the indications were that it's pretty much at a spot where they don't think there should be any more hangups. The original hangup was that the um, Smith was worried that if he were to come to Michigan State, He's definitely going to lose at least one of his three valued assistants in Trent Bray, the defensive coordinator that could be in the running for the head coaching job at Oregon State. Um, but I'm told that the the new assistant coaching pool that Smith has is going to be higher than what Mel had by a slight amount. And that um, if Bray gets the head coaching job and he takes it, that's fine. But it won't just be because Michigan State didn't have the resources to bring him. So since he has been pre- since he had been presented with a assistant coaching pool bigger than than he could have imagined that last hang up was cleared and um i don't know the exact numbers for the terms and the years for smith's deal but um one source said that they did not overpay which i guess doesn't really matter to anyone any of us on the outside it's it's not our money and that tv deal is ludicrous is very ludicrous but um, I guess it's good to know that you have more of a, a room to go up um, if he wins here in East Lansing. So, yeah, so that hang-up of him wanting to make sure that Michigan State's assistant coaching pool would have been enough to bring all of his key assistants that he really thought were crucial to his infrastructure. Once that was cleared, at that point, it's pr- it was pretty much that he was going to work to make it happen. There was no handshake agreement um, at uh, before the game on Friday, but it was pretty much understood that it was going to be trending in a way where Smith is actively working to make it happen and to finalize it. Whereas Thursday, and I guess maybe even Friday morning when you first started to hear some rumors, it wasn't necessarily true that he had decided he was taking the job. And it, he actually had not decided. I know that for a fact because the very source that told me everything was progressing the way he needed to and that the hang up was cleared with the assistant coaching pool. He had said very clearly that it was not a done deal yet, um, midday Friday. So that was that was progressing properly at, overnight. And this morning, I heard around 11 a.m. Eastern time that Smith had signed on the dotted line. That's kind of when I sent out that cryptic tweet with the with the Drewski video, uh, the reaction video of him saying we got him. Started drafting the article to go along with that. Um, I did have an article ready already for um, reporting that he was the emerging target and that the fact that Michigan State was going to officially announce him, but had to touch up a little bit the in-between sort of attribution article where somebody's reporting it and that like frees up my hands to go ahead and write about it. 
So when Matt Zenitz uh, from 24-7 Sports went ahead and got that a go-ahead from, I'm assuming, um, somebody out west or his agent. Matt's been great this this whole process. He, he really is plugged in. That was a great hire by 24-7 Sports. But um, once he got that green light, that freed my hands to go ahead and put that out there. And, um, yeah, upon doing that, that was pretty much it. Then uh, kept kept poking around, and that's when I figured out the assistant coaching pool number was bigger than Mal's by a slight amount. Um, those three coaches that I tweeted about, um, Jim Mashalchek, I believe, Brian Wozniak, Trent Bray, those are the guys that when Smith was talking to Oregon State, those were his biggest concerns of guys that he might not be able to keep. So logically, those are going to be the three guys he's going to try to bring to Michigan State if he can. Again, Bray, we'll see. Alumnus, D.C., uh, very good ever since they made him the interim D.C. in 2022, and then they took the tag off. That'll be a tough pull, but he should be able to get he should be able to get Wozniak and Michalczyk. I think um, it's logical to assume that he's going to bring other coaches as well from Oregon State. It's hard to identify which ones uh, because right now it's in the early stages and a lot of those guys don't know yet either. But um, those are the three guys at the very least he's going to try to bring, uh, let alone others as well, which I do expect there to be others. I just can't name those as concretely being above the fray versus who we might want to upgrade from. I don't I don't have the understanding, and I don't know if he's decided on where to draw that line. Um, in terms of the Michigan State side of things, uh, Harlan Barnett has kind of said that he has a spot with the new staff, but um, that's not clear in terms of what his role would be. He, um, I think Graham Couch clarified that after he first spoke to Harlan about how he's going to be staying, that Harlan has circled back and said that he's supposed to talk to Smith. So I I wasn't thinking that Harlan would be ready to move to an off-the-field staff role. Um, seemed like he still had some years left as wanting to be a position coach. So I don't know how likely it is that he's in an off-field role. But um, I guess it's possible he could be one of the DB's coaches. I heard that Jim Salgado was somebody that Smith was really impressed with on paper he hadn't made any final decisions yet because he wanted to talk to all the coaches before he made any decisions on who to retain. But on paper, I think Jim Salgado was the one that he was most impressed with resume-wise. And then um, Stephen Brooks, my colleague at 24-7, the aforementioned, he uh, has been hearing that Courtney Hawkins has a very good chance of staying. But again, he has to actually sit down and talk to these coaches and make that official. But Salgado is who I heard that that Smith liked a lot on paper, Harlan, I guess it's just whatever's out there right now. Don't have any uh, special sourcing on that. Um, Justin Dunson told Wilt, Steve Wiltfong that he's going to be staying, um, that Harlan's going to be staying. He was told by Harlan. But again, like I guess we'll see clarity on the role. And then Steven with, with the intel that he's gotten on, on Hawkins. So we'll see, I guess, how that kind of unfolds. Steven also gave a good nugget on the board. I'll leave that on the board. Um, but there's there's a big-time recruiter that Steven heard that uh, Jonathan Smith was trying to target. Um, I think Michigan State fans, some of them might know the name. Um, he's he's um, His name's been brought up before. Um, not Vince Morrow. I don't think Vince Morrow has done a great job ever since NIL kind of became a thing and he lost his edge. But that's a different discussion. But yeah, he, he's somebody whose name has been brought up in MSU circles before, but we'll see. That'd be a very, very tough land. But um, it'll be interesting to see who he hires. I think um, regarding that whole thing about him not having Midwest ties, to me, it personally doesn't matter a ton. Um, 
what matters to me is when you get the guys that you evaluate and believe can help you win, can you develop them to a great extent? Um, I'm not ready to say that the Mel Tucker era was a disaster in that regard because I think they brought in some some good good players, but at some positions they don't play them. At other positions they were just hurt. And then um, at other positions those guys are leading the way, like the DB room. Um, so the key is just to have more depth in the recruiting classes, maybe have a higher hit rate in the transfer portal, where I heard Smith has been working um, to kind of assemble a strategy. Obviously, he's not calling anybody and trying to poach anybody just yet. That, that'd be illegal since the window isn't open, but he's trying to formulate kind of likelihoods of who might want to leave from where, um, leveraging relationships and seeing like who he could bring um, to Michigan State from just kind of the whole West Coast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I haven't heard anything about who he's going to try to bring from Oregon State. I don't know if he's going to be kind of gun shy to completely um, poach anybody. Like I don't see him necessarily having back channel communications and just trying to bring 30 guys with him or anything like that. But if guys enter the portal of their own volition and they're going to leave Oregon State to go somewhere anyway, then it obviously makes sense for him to try to go ahead and get them, even though he's not trying to go ahead and just rob the program of any and all bits of promise and hope. So, like, for example, he might not go ahead and go to Aiden Childs and his family tonight and say, please enter the portal. I want you at Michigan State. But if Aiden Childs comes to the conclusion that, hey, I, I don't think I, I want to be here if Coach Smith isn't here because um, those two are very close, um, then, yeah, I, I, I expect that Jonathan Smith will will be targeting him and, and anyone else that wants to join him. Don't think Damian Martinez is likely. I was told briefly from somebody a few days ago that he was not looking to transfer. That can always change, especially if you start hearing some NIL numbers if you're him. But um, then last night, you kind of saw him retweeting the MSU uh, Penn State score um, and kind of just saying that he doesn't want to come to Michigan State in reply to somebody that said that they want him at Michigan State. So he kind of looks unlikely, just kind of reading the tea leaves there. Um, then... The two guys that I think on offense uh, that would be great for Michigan State to get, um, it'd be Bolden and Gould, the two receivers. 
Uh, Slade Bolden's also the kick returner. Uh, those guys, I think both of them are 5'8". Both of our juniors, just speedy, speedy guys. Michigan State hasn't kind of had had a guy like that in a while. Um, that's kind of that K.J. Hamler mold who who went to Penn State. Those guys in that offense do do great work. Um, they also have a tight end, Jake Velling. He's a, he was a sophomore this year. He has eight touchdowns uh, this season as a tight end. So for Michigan State fans, that – that alone would be would be just music to to the ears because I don't know when the last time a Michigan State tight end had eight had eight touchdowns in a season. Um, so those three guys are really good. Um, checking my notes here, there's an interior offensive lineman that they have that is very good. He was a junior this year. I don't know if he's looking to transfer because, like three guys I just mentioned, he also is a West Coast guy. Um, yeah, Taliesi Fuaga. Uh, offensive lineman at, at Oregon State. As of two weeks ago, he was the nation's highest ranked uh, run blocker. And um, he's from Tacoma, Washington. We'll see. But that's pretty much the only offensive lineman that, that they really, really would probably try to target if you wanted to end the portal. I think Joshua Gray is the other offensive lineman that that had starting snaps this year that um, did that, that does have eligibility left. Um, we'll see. I don't know how good he is necessarily. Um, but yeah, so kind of Aiden Childs, Jack Velling, Silas Bolden. Um, those are Anthony Gould. Like those are the kind of guys that you would see them target on offense on defense. A lot of their best players, um, kind of are set to graduate their best player defense though. He has eligibility left Easton Mascarenas Arnold. Uh, he's a linebacker. He can, he can play in coverage. Um, he has more pass deflections than sacks, so definitely a guy that that can get back there and drop back. Um, he has a year left of eligibility, but Mission Viejo, California, is where he's from. So we'll see. I don't really have insight on any of these guys, and they don't have insight either. I, I talked to, I talked to one of the players there today, and I talked to one of their recruits in their recruiting class, and um, I asked them first of all, like about their own selves. Um, leaving that off the record um, in terms of the name, but the sentiment was just, yeah, man, I'd be open to it. I don't have any sort of geographical limitations that would prevent me from coming to Michigan State, but I just, I don't know who Coach Smith is going to be hiring at Michigan State from uh, the current staff here. I don't know how much that um, they're looking for needs at my position. I don't know the Michigan State roster. So that it's just basically a consensus that guys are open to it, but they need to, they need more information and it's way too soon to know anything. And um, a lot of these guys being from the West coast, like the Goulds and the Boldens of the world, it's, it's tough to kind of have a read early on. A lot of them, they probably will need to come here on the official visits and see what it's like and, um, and stuff of that nature. But um, i trying to think if there's anything else that needs to be hit on at the end of the day, I think Michigan state was wise to get it done right away. I don't think UCLA is going to end up firing Chip Kelly, even though that was reported. Um, one of their biggest donors was was throwing their throwing his support behind Chip. Um, just checking here, an update that I got. Yeah, there's no clarity yet on if Harlan will be part of the new staff. Um, it's likely that both sides would would make it work and would think it's beneficial, but nothing yet definitive about his role so basically kind of what graham said after talking to him um so yeah we'll see i think at the most though you're probably looking at salgado hawkins and and maybe maybe harlan um 
maybe not all those guys, maybe one or two of those guys, but I think th- those three are pretty much the only candidates that I've heard so far. Um, no decisions yet on support staff yet. Um, recruiting department, no decisions there yet in terms of who he's bringing and in terms of who he's keeping from the Michigan State staff. Um, not sure about GAs. Um, I want to think those guys are, are included when um, somebody is reporting that um, the entire staff has been fired. I think that just applies to the 10 on-field assistants. So I would like to think like your Anton, Antoine Simmons of the world and those guys are still here. I will I will reach out and, and figure out uh, what the situation is there. Um, yeah, there's a few there's a few good recruits in this 2024 recruiting class that Jonathan Smith has. Uh, namely, uh, they have uh, they have a couple big time recruits uh, from the West Coast, but again, it's going to be one of those things where you're going to have to see what their willingness is is to come this way. But just looking up some of the recruits real quick uh, from my notes, they have um, a defensive lineman that is that is a top. I want to say an 89 rated three star, so he's he's a high three star. Um, yeah, Kakai Burnett, he's from Honolulu, Hawaii. He's an 88 rated uh, three star. Uh, he's going to be one of those kind of tweeners uh between like defensive tackle defensive end um right now he's about 6'2 240 so kind of it depends on what his arms are like so we'll see there um but their highest ranked kid their their four star of the class his name is rustin young also from honolulu hawaii and um he's a 91 rated four star number one player in the state of hawaii obviously he's a top 25 interior offensive lineman 6'5", 275, so prototypical offensive, interior offensive lineman at the next level. Um, you even see a lot of times NFL guards that are like 6'4", 6'3 people making some exceptions. So 6'5", 275 is great to see. Uh, but at the, at the same time, their second best offensive lineman committed in this class, an 88-rated guy from Medford, Oregon, Terrell Kim. He's 6'3", 328. So if, if Smith believes that some of these guys can play, he's not going to just rule them out because he's 6'3". So those are some guys that I have my eye on. And then Malachi Durant, he's their second highest rated recruit overall. He's 6'2", 160. Have not watched his tape. He's from Graham Washington. But 160 and the fact that kind of what the receivers play like right now with Gould and Bolden, I'm just going to go ahead and guess he's a very, very fast speed demon. Um, the best rated offensive tackle, so on the outside, 6'7", 270 from Washington as well. Peyton Stewart, he's going to be somebody that I have my eye on. Then, very interestingly, the highest-rated defensive back in this class, Exodus Ayers, he is from Andover, New Hampshire. So all the way on the other side of the country. He's an 88-rated player, number 58 corner, so a very solid player there. They have half of their classes higher than an 85. And then several 85, 385 guys, and then 284s and an 80. And the 80 is a punter uh, from Idaho. And then uh, the 84 rated player is an interior offensive lineman from Idaho who seems like a project, uh, 6'3, 250. So kind of just breaking into the mold, you would kind of think from the physicality standpoint. And then the other 84 rated player is a running back from Texas. So just going to go ahead and say that he's better than most 84 players in the country just based on the pedigree and kind of where you're playing at because he's at Frisco Memorial. So 
you're looking at pretty solid recruiting class here if you're trying to talk about a staff that can go ahead and build and 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 develop guys the right way. One of the players listed here is an 86-rated um, DB from Florida, Andrew Brinson the fourth. He is already decommitted from Oregon State. We'll see what his plans are. Six foot and a half, 175. He has yet to make any decisions on what he's going to do next. But him being from Florida, uh, Michigan State is closer anyway. He was already prepared to leave home and go a thousand miles away. So I'll be keeping my eye on him very closely. Right now, it's going to be a lot of just waiting and seeing which way things are progressing with new hires, with high school recruits, with um, portal targets. Uh, that'll be slower just because the window isn't opening anytime soon. But I think Michigan State got a good one here. I think Michigan State got as good of a coach as you could have possibly hoped for here. Um I learned that Mike Elko, about two or three days ago, I learned that he does not have any interest in leaving Duke. Uh, They're going to be giving him a massive offer that I think Michigan State could have beaten if they wanted. So that's why I guess we'll never know if it was truly that Jonathan Smith was just the runaway favorite or if Michigan State thought that um, the gap between the two isn't big enough to justify paying way more to Mike Elko. We'll never know that. Everyone has told me, all the sources I've talked to have told me that Smith has been the top guy for over a month. We just don't know whether that is to be the case or not, just because that wasn't something that I was told back then that only started to be echoed to me in the last few days. So I'm not just going to take people at their word for saying that the guy that they hired was their top choice all along, but that is what they're saying. And um, the fact that Elko just seemed to be set on staying at Duke and not moving his family makes it hard for us to tell because had Elko been been like all aboard coming to Michigan State and then they chose Smith, it would have been a little more clear. But the fact of the matter is those guys were 1A and 1B in whatever order for pretty much anybody the last few weeks that you talked to. And they got they got one of them. And I think they got the one that met more of their boxes. One reason I am inclined to believe that it is true that Smith is ahead was ahead the whole time is because poster on the Michigan State site that's that's very knowledgeable. Um he kind of had early he had an early read on kind of just where their priorities were for the search. And one of the things that he said was that they're looking for someone that can mentor and develop young quarterbacks because they think that's crucial for this for the game in the, in the current day. Jonathan Smith, obviously best quarterback in Oregon State history in terms of wins wins and losses. I don't know about QBR or, or any of the stats. I don't I don't look that deeply into his playing career. And then the offensive coordinator at Washington under Jake Browning and uh, had a lot of success there. No matter who he hires as his offensive coordinator, um, whether it's whether it's Lindgren again from Oregon State or whether it's somebody else, Jonathan Smith is not going to be in a position at Michigan State where his quarterbacks are not developing and playing well. Um, everything else we'll see, but I'm fairly confident that that's not going to be the case. So with that being something that I was told very early on, I am actually kind of inclined to believe that Smith was the top guy all along. But either way, the hire has been made. That's all I have right now for the immediate reaction. Appreciate you bearing with me as my voice is kind of giving out most of the time. But um, definitely please make sure that you go ahead and subscribe. As I say pretty much every show, you guys do a great job with watching, with the view count and uh, the likes and the comments are getting better. But the subscriber numbers are continuing to trail far behind the view count. So that's not adding up. And um, I've always made sure to not 
um, operate kind of the YouTube channel in a way where there's just not random clips being posted all the time. So you guys aren't getting tons of notifications for subscription uh, for new videos for one of your subscriptions. So as a result, I do ask that you please <clears throat> go ahead and subscribe and um, let me know if you have any more questions that you want to address for the next podcast. Again, I'm not going to be able to talk much about um, who the, who he's going to bring or which recruits he's going to bring or which players or coaches or any of that just yet. When I do know that, I'll just report that so you don't have to ask about that. But kind of other stuff, where your mind is at, what you're thinking, uh, you could do that either in the comments to this video or on Twitter um, uh, and reply to when I tweet out this episode. And um, also, I have to plug right now at Spartan Tailgate, 75% off uh, for a 12-month membership. You're looking at under $3, I think, or under $4, um, maybe even less, maybe $2.50 or so. Anywhere in that two to four dollar range, you're looking at per month for coverage the next twelve months on everything from the new hires that Smith is going to make to the new recruits that he's going to sign to the portal activity to winter visits to spring visits to spring camp, um, both signing days, um, off season football camps, uh, fall camp, the regular season next year, um, and all the in-game visit or game day visits next year. So you're looking at 12 months of coverage for the new coaching staff. This is the best deal you're ever going to get. It's the 24-7 Sports Black Friday deal. So definitely go to the Spartan Tailgate Twitter account to get that link, or you can just go to the homepage at spartantailgate.com. Definitely subscribe there. Um, 99% of the content that I put out is in that message board. It's not what you see me tweet out. It's not what you see me share on Facebook from time to time. Um, so like, that's where all of my work is. That's where Corey Robinson, my colleague and Steven Brooks, that's where we put all of our content. And I'm excited to get back to reporting on, on recruiting because haven't been able to do any of that for a long time. I would say not just because the, the Mel firing and suspension that happened in September, but they didn't really have much of a board, uh, past June. Um, and that kind of makes sense because after that, you might as well just wait to see which seniors blow up and then build your board in september you're not gonna really find anyone in july or august that's unscouted um but then that's when mal got fired but yeah since june you're kind of looking at just like nothing for for us to cover from a recruiting standpoint and um excited to get back to it um not excited for kids with 15 offers dropping top 12s but i don't know can't say i wouldn't have done the same if i was their age but that's all that i have here uh for this episode of the sd4l show uh, we'll be back again next time with Matt Sheehan as we kind of dive into extended thoughts and whatever other developments happen with the start of the Smith tenure here in the next few days. Um, Michigan State should probably also have a president here in the next, I don't know, I don't want to give a timeline. I'm not really as plugged into that, but shouldn't be shouldn't be too much longer there. But looking forward to seeing what Coach Smith has to say in his introductory press conference and then going from there. So thoughts and comments anything else questions let me know in the comments below and on twitter and please go ahead and subscribe spread the word uh spread the word about the podcast spread the word about the sale we have going on at 24 7 and i will see you next time